headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, speaking of doing work you love, is here as my co-host today. We'll be answering questions about work you love and about your money and about your life and uh, your career, your job, how you get a bigger shovel. All that is included today for free. The phone number is 888-825-5225. The call is free. Some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Vanessa starts off this hour in Los Angeles. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fine. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up in your world? Thank you so much for taking my call. So um, I have about three months of expensive saved, so I'm in the middle of baby step number three, and I'm looking to move out, and I'm not sure if I should be leaning towards renting an apartment or working towards purchasing something. Move out of your parents' house? Um, well, I rent a studio from my grandparents' house. It's just really small, and I don't have a kitchen. So, yeah, I'm looking to upgrade. Okay. And what do you make a year? 65000 Okay. All right. And you live in Los Angeles proper, or what? Yes, I live in Los Angeles by downtown L.A. Okay. All right. Well, as you know, you're in a pretty expensive real estate market. Agreed? Yes, I agree. And, um... So 65000 doesn't go that far. You're not exactly mm-hmm. broke. You have a good job, but, um, but it's, it's an expensive world to try to think about rent or buying either one in your situation. So you, mm-hmm. you're, are you, did you say you're out of debt? I am out of debt, yes. And I work from home, so I am like flexible. I can move out of L.A. I don't mind like, leaving L.A. Mm-hmm. I just you know, don't know if it's the best thing to do. What's the comparison between what you're paying for the studio with your grandparents versus something else that's uh, not exorbitant or luxurious, but uh, an apartment with a kitchen? What's that going to cost you in L.A.? Probably like another $1,000 a month compared to what I'm paying now. What do you pay now? I pay only like three fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can get that for thirteen fifty, got a deal. That'd be a deal. Yeah. Um, so I, I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, your family is in L.A. Mm-hmm. How old are you? I'm 25. What do you do for a living? I work in fraud prevention for an e-commerce business. Okay. Good for you. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, okay. So here's the thing. If you don't see your income coming up fairly quickly you're going to struggle to own real estate in L.A. soon. It's going to take a while. Okay, so I'm tempted as a short-term adventure to move you to a less expensive market as an adventure, not a permanent solution maybe. Maybe it is a permanent solution. But pick a city you've always wanted to live in, and let's try something new. You're 25. There's not much holding you except family ties. And let's go somewhere Mm -hmm. where 65,000 goes a lot further. Yes, I agree. And then you could get a lot of uh, a little bit nicer rental situation while you save like crazy to buy a property um, and Mm -hmm. then talk about as your income comes up. Now, if you tell me that in 
three years, you're going to be making 165k, then I'll shut up. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be making 65 and then 75 and then 85, you're going to be there a while in LA. Yeah. So okay. I'm not trying to talk you out of this, but it's just a matter of what your career path is, because this is a math thing and you don't get a pass on math just because you're in California. Mm-hmm. And that's the question I have is what's driving your future decision right now? I know it can change tomorrow, but right now, is it live in a more affordable place and keep doing the kind of work I'm doing? Or is there a much higher professional goal that you're, you're dreaming about? Um, I think right now it's just moving into a more affordable place. I just got this job, right? So I was making 40K just three months ago, and I just received this new job. So Good now I'm you. like... Good. Um, yeah, I'm just ready to move out and basically start my adult life finally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree with Dave. I would be patient and uh, mm-hmm. get into this new professional role. Let's move to a much cheaper area. The fact that you work well, from home... Why don't we say after Christmas we start talking about moving to a different city? Yeah, that's this, what I was aiming towards. Yeah, let's just stay in the studio till then. Okay. That's what that I would good. do. Because my birthday my birthday's in March, so I was hoping like by March yeah, there I you go. should be on my own. Yeah, and then you, you could know, move to well, if you were just gonna pick a city today just for fun for us to talk about, what city would you pick? Well, probably somewhere in Riverside County because I also have family out there, but I don't know if it's like a lot of a difference in like rent. No, not much. Places. Yeah, so that's not that's not really that's a different city. I mean, that's just that's moving from one problem to another there. But I mean, if you went to Northern California uh, into some of those areas, you know, there, there's more reasonable stuff going on there. Or you just go to an adjacent state, you know. And yeah. We we start talking about um, Tucson or something like that. I'm just making it up, okay? But so you mm-hmm. just start saying, okay, by March I'm going to be here. If I'm not seeing a huge increase in my pay boom over boom over boom okay mm-hmm. because you you in order to prosper in, in a very very expensive market you're going to have to get north of six figures pretty quick okay it's just a shovel thing i mean you got a whole year in and a shovel you, you to dig with and that's what we're discussing here so the good news is you're in an area a field that you've chosen to go into that if you'll get continue to study take classes uh, get the certifications in that area. Security, internet security stuff is just white hot, and you could go way up real fast. Yeah, I think there's three things that I would give to her and anybody who's looking to kind of level up and get that paycheck bigger. Learn something new every day within the field. I mean, every day you're learning something. Maybe it's uh, through a course, or maybe it's just somebody who's more experienced than you. Do something with that knowledge and make sure you're connecting all of the time real relationships and real conversations with people in the field Uh, because by learning doing connecting you're going to automatically have opportunities that come to you because you're very attractive people can see that your leadership sees that about you and before you know it you're you're moving up and you're making six figures and see opportunities you never saw before you might consider moving to the city where this company is and working in the office Mm -hmm. because that way you can be actually around the human beings that are doing this it's um one of the problems with work from home is out of sight out of mind on promotions uh they forget you're there Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
they're not even sure you are there. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct, by the way. The data is showing that. Uh, as people are trying to wrestle with whether or not I go back to work or not, uh, the data shows that uh, there's a much greater chance of getting promoted because you're actually getting noticed. Yeah, so here's a weird thing. Promotions also happen on relationships. Yes. And that's not a good Always. old boy network. It's just I can trust you if I've actually seen your eyes. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. personality is my co-host today mark's with us in st louis hey mark welcome to the ramsey show hi dave thanks for taking the call sure what's up Uh, i was wondering about donor advised funds and trying to use that as a way to uh, be able to increase the amount of giving we're doing as a family as well as uh, for the kind of one-time giving if there's just something that uh, comes up having a good area where funds are growing uh, to be able to give out of uh, one of my mentors had told me it was a way that him and his wife had up to their giving by about 50% when they started doing it and hadn't heard it mentioned at all on the show before. Okay. Uh, well, they're excellent. There are several excellent ones uh, out there that do a good job. Uh, the concept of donor advised funds is obviously the uh, you are the donor, you're placing money into an account, and you have to advise the fund where the money is to be given to. Um, and, and it has to be to a 501c3 in that case. Okay. So yeah, otherwise, if you don't, then it's not going to, there's no tax advantage to it whatsoever. Uh, you'll get yourself in a pinch. So you, you know, it's all to 501c3. It does not increase giving unless you just increase your giving. It's just a vehicle through which you pass money directly to the nonprofits. The only big difference is it encourages you to keep it top of mind giving and it helps you systematize your giving somewhat which is all good and what to your point earlier 
it allows you to hold money past the calendar year. And so if you don't want to give, if you don't have a, uh, a ministry or a nonprofit picked out that you want to give it to and you want to put $50,000 aside in December, you can do that and write that off as a charitable gift and then decide later who to give it to. But it has to be given to a nonprofit in that process. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I confirm what you've been told. Just, uh, no, that sounds very similar to it. He's, he was saying the increase in giving was as much that once you've put it into the fund, there's no longer that hesitation of it's coming out of your checkbook. So it was more of an intentional, if I put this month, this much in on a monthly basis, you don't accidentally book that trip with the money that you're planning on giving. Good. Yeah. I, okay. Day. I agree with that. But I mean, once I set money aside for giving in my mind, it's gone. I don't, I no longer emotionally struggle with that, but I'm so freaking compartmentalized after all the years of doing it. And so we, we moved in the direction of a personal foundation, which is a, the next step up, uh, much more expensive to operate, much more expensive to put in place. Donor advised funds cost almost nothing to run. And so, um, but we wanted to be able to do some things, uh, with, uh, some individuals like a single mom or something like that, buy somebody a car that was uh, struggling or something like that without them having to be a 501 C three and all. And so donor advised wouldn't work for that plan, but it works perfectly for what you're talking about. And it is a really good, uh, intermediate step uh, for, for your first level of, of outrageous generosity. It's much better than just leaving the money sitting in a checking account and accidentally buying a couch with it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think we're on the side, like if it's a give somebody the car type option, let's just run those out of the checking account and do it as a gift donation right off on those instead. If we're not, I mean, just my wife and I, we're not anywhere near the level of the foundation at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a good, it's a really good first step. And, uh, there's, um, there's two or three that have been around a long time. Uh, they've been very popular in the evangelical Christian community. Uh, Larry Burkett, Ron blue, uh, both, uh, made them popular. have served on some of the boards. They're both friends or were friends. Larry's past. Ron is still, uh, still a good friend. They both, that's the first time I ever heard about it. And, and the generous giving guys out of, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee do a lot of work with outrageous generosity as well. Uh, particularly in the faith spectrum, and uh, they've been tied into some of the donor-advised funds. It's a really good way to look at it, so it's a good question. Thanks for calling us. Can the giving part of what we teach is essential to winning because it releases you, mm-hmm. um, if you can compartmentalize it like I'm talking about or you move the money over into that, there's something that happens once you decide the money's not yours. Yeah. Well, and your behavior, as, as you said, we've decided we're going to give this much, and so we live differently. Uh, we begin to see the return on investment in a different category when we're really giving intentionally. You begin to go, wow, this is legacy stuff, not just uh, 401k, mutual fund stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it really does change your entire perspective. And you know what's interesting is that I think that that you you in some way set yourself up, and I don't want this to be misunderstood. That if I give, I'm going to make more money. I don't I don't believe that uh, as an action, but I do believe that your behavior changes and your perspective changes so much that there's a good chance you're going to end up making more money because of that uh, change in perspective and belief. Well, I mean, let's just face it: we all can smell a taker. Mm-hmm 
versus a giver. That's a good way of saying that, yeah. And when you are a giver physically, logistically, uh, it changes the way you smell. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you smile. You're the person that opens the door for somebody that's got their arms full of stuff, you know. The taker just runs through and doesn't even notice they're there. Uh, And at different times in my life, I've been more one than the other. Mm -hmm, Sure. uh, You know, so it's okay wherever you start out. But generosity is not a, a magical DNA factor. It's a decision. Yes, that's correct. And it just really puts into motion, as you said, it's a likability factor. You just have a spirit about you. And, well, who uh, tends to get promoted? People yeah. that are takers or people that are givers? Givers. I mean, yeah. in corporate America where there's politics, maybe the taker. <laughs> That's true. Or maybe on an, HB, oh, yeah. maybe on an HBO for a special. Season. For a season. Yeah. The for takers can get ahead for a while. But, but it it's, comes back. It does. It really it does. does. And the boomerang effect is bloody. It's yes. bad. But yep. the, the giver is who, you know, if you're leading two people and you have the perception of wisdom and you actually believe as their leader, one of them is a giver and one of them is a taker, you're going to promote the giver every time. Mm. Because you know they're going to prosper the people under them that are that they're leading, the customers that they're serving, they're going to prosper them. They're all about generosity, and that generosity, just the way they hold their face, is different. Yes, it's everything, and it changes everything. So, yeah, it, it's an act you want to intentionally plug into, and um, the, uh, the that's the process. You know, and just it's it's fun and important to point out too for those of you that are right now, baby step two, gazelle intense. You can still give of your time, and you can give of your talents in this season. Mario is with us in New York City. Hey, Mario, what's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. How can we help? Um, yeah, I'm 46 years old. I'll be turning 47 in a couple of months. Uh, and uh, my question is this. Apparently, I had a house uh, where we live in right now, and uh, I had a 30-year mortgage um, I ended up paying that off in about uh, 12 years, Good. and uh, I paid off the uh, the mortgage about a year and a half ago. Good. Uh, so um, I have uh, about 1.3 sitting in the bank right now mm-hmm. in cash. Mm-hmm. I have about 275,000 in the stock market mm-hmm. with the uh, you know, about 15 to 20% correction that we already had. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm in the market and I found this property, which is about a four family home, uh, will produce about $7,000 a month in rental. Mm-hmm. And it costs, uh, a 1.2 million. And, um, I was thinking to uh, purchase it all cash, uh, 1.2 cash. And then that would leave me with 90,000 in the savings account for emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, uh, what's not, your household income? Uh, 350,000. Okay. I would want to build your retained earnings up more quickly. If you drain yourself down this far on one property, because if you have a major event at that property and loss of rent or uh, a repair, you could really get yourself in a pinch there. That's, that's pretty tight, but if you're going to write a check and pay cash for it, uh, for God's sakes, offer them a low ball number. Try to get a deal on it. Um, you know, I'm going to shoot it. Anytime I buy investment property, I'm trying to buy it at a deal. And I'm trying to write a check for it cash. I can close it Friday, but it's going to have to be a deal. Otherwise, I don't do it. And uh, I, I made a lot of money doing that with rental properties. So, um, yeah, that's where you want to start. I, I would buy it, but I want you to build that return to earnings back up as fast as possible.
Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality. Open phones is my co-host. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Charles is with us in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, Charles, how are you? Uh, Better than what the world says I should be. (laughs) Hear you. How can I help? Uh, I'm seeking wise counsel. Uh, My mother has cancer, Mm. and we... We've already prayed about this, and we have, you know, we've determined it's her time. So the problem is all her debt. Mm-hmm. So uh, just trying to get some idea how to honor her, mm-hmm. you know, you know, from you know, oh, so, so my sorry. dad and I can, you know, properly honor her. I'm so sorry. How old is she? Uh, she's sixty-nine. Okay, and your dad and her are still married. Yes. Okay. And how much debt does she have, hon? Uh, so there's twenty thousand to twenty five on the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, four to five thousand on medical debt. That's we're still getting some of the bills on that. Mm-hmm. And then she has a ten thousand two hundred dollar judgment from credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they own a home? Yes. Okay. What's it worth? Uh, considering the shape it's in, probably closer to one thirty. It's it what, needs some repair. What do they owe on it? <laughs> Zero. So they they own the home. Okay. Does you do, do they have any money? Uh, about four thousand. Your dad does. Yeah. Okay. Does she have any life insurance? No. And what is the prognosis uh, since you all have decided uh, that treatment is stopping? She's got a month or a year, or what are you thinking? That That's the big unknown. It's it's acute leukemia, so it's pretty much oh. whenever she runs out enough blood to keep her alive. Yeah. Okay. But what's the doc saying? They, they couldn't give us an estimate on that. I mean, it... It could have been, it, it, it's pretty much a range of weeks to a year. Okay, okay. So I'm so sorry. Unknown. I'm sorry y'all are going through this. Okay, rule number one is uh, we don't worry about the money part. We worry about mom first, okay, and your dad. Just love them. The time that she's got here, you're pleasant. You're not stressed. She's not stressed. You're just going to hang, Okay. Been doing that. Been okay. doing that. <laughs> but the the you can the, the the thing about this stuff is it it um you can get down into the business aspects and the math aspects of uh, the work the adult work that has to be done here and lose the enjoyment of the little time you got left with her. And I don't want you to do that. Okay. That, that's not an issue. I mean, there are okay. times that I, you know, that I I just spend a couple hours in, in the hospital room with her. Okay. Now. It, it helps me if I'm in these situations to know the technical aspects because it helps me lower my anxiety or my stress level about something. Cause you're usually more stressed about things you don't understand than things you do understand. Even if there's bad news in the things you do understand agreed. Yeah. So here's how this works mathematically. So I'm going to get technical and cold all of a sudden with you. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. When some, when, when someone passes away, what they own, their assets, 
has to stand good for what they owe. If they own nothing, the debt does not transfer to their children. Now, in your case, your uh, mom owns half of a house that's worth $130,000. Your mom... Every, every, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Everything else is in her name only. Doesn't matter. A house... It doesn't yeah, matter. Her house money. has to stand good for her debt. So if your dad wants to keep this house, he's going to pay her debt. Okay. If if there was not if they if they lived in an apartment and they owned nothing, then he would not have to pay a dime of this because it's all in her name and it does not even go across marriage lines. Individuals are individuals in this situation. Okay? But because she owns a house that's worth she owns a portion of a house that's worth $130,000, if he wants to keep his portion of that house, he's going to have to pay these debts. So what are we going to do? We're going to sell the car. We're going to call the medical people up and we're going to call the credit card people up and go, uh, she died. Here's a death certificate. And you send them a copy of the death certificate and you say, we, we're willing to pay something on this, but she died. And her estate consists of an old house that's not worth much. And, um, you know, we're willing to settle this. And you go in and you settle this $15,000 worth of debt for five or $6,000 and you, your brothers or sisters, are probably going to have to help your dad scrape that together to do that. And then he's going to, when you write those checks and you settle those debts, he's going to have a free and clear $130,000 house and no debt. Go ahead and sell the car today. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, right now, yeah. yeah. Just doing it on Carvana, that's like 17000 Private sales somewhere in the range of what it's what's owed to 26 on the high yeah. end so you can sell it for 20 you gotta find it you told me it's worth you should told me 20 is owed on it so yeah, you need to get the, you need it. to get the car Private sold sell. you get the yeah. car sold now yeah she doesn't need she the car okay. and then you're sitting there on the other debt and you just let it sit there and you don't do a thing with it until uh, uh until she graduates to heaven and after she graduates then you go and you do these business transactions and you settle these debts for 25 to 50 cents on the dollar with cash. And that clears oh, I, your dad I out. I've already been talking to the uh, hospitals and, and uh, getting them to negotiate and reduce that debt already. Good. You're on, you're on track. This is exactly what you do. But you don't get to walk away from it because we need to protect the house for your dad, okay? Yeah. If there was no house and she owned nothing... We would just call up the credit card company and send them a death certificate and say, she passed, she has no assets, you get nothing. You send them a letter. It'd be that simple, okay? But in this case, to protect dad's house, we've got to go through and settle these things. Okay, so my first priority is vehicle, get rid of it, then we can start on medical, and yeah. then that judgment. And I'm not worried about those credit cards. They can just sit because they're not going to yeah. do anything. They're just going to sit there going to squawk. But other than yell and flop in the floor, they're not going to do anything. Just sit on them and let them get old and let them get nastier. And then you can deal with them next next year, two years from now, whenever you want to deal with them. So they don't come over and put a lien on your dad's house. We eventually want to take care of them, right? Yes. Is your dad working? No, he he's unable to work. Okay. He's had a couple of strokes and okay. injuries. So. Okay. And do you have brothers or sisters? 
No, I'm just, it's we're all single children. So. Okay, what do you make? Uh, I make fifty two. I I've already started uh, the two twenty five a month that I normally put away into my savings. I've already started diverting that to help them. Okay, but yeah, for for me, all I have is you know all, my only debt's the house. And, you know, yeah. I've already got twelve month okay. savings and all that. Well, I mean, if you took a little bit of your savings to settle this debt, that'd be fine. Because mm-hmm. you're going to inherit this other house someday anyway. Right? Uh, eventually, although I'm probably going to suck because I don't really... I really didn't say that. You're gonna, But you're going to get $130,000 yeah. yeah. if your dad passed away yeah. today. So if you put $5,000 in this deal to help your dad, it's not like you lost it. Mm-hmm. You're protecting your future asset. Again, I'm being very cold and calculated here. And I'm taking all the feelings out of this because we understand that there's more important things than all this junk. We covered that in the first part of our conversation. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry you guys are facing this, Charles. It's so hard to go through. And um, that, that's a, a nasty disease right there, man. It's slow. It's, it's harsh. I'm sorry. This is The Ramsey Show. Joining us, America, Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Crystal's in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Crystal. How are you? Hi, Dave. Good. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? So, my husband and I, um, last year, we were making nearly six figures, blowing through our debt, doing great, and my two-year-old, well, he was one at the time, my one-year-old son um, unexpectedly started having um, seizures. Ooh, so ooh. it was a long process. We're still struggling. We have lots of doctor's appointments all the time, but how's he doing? We made the decision. He's doing better, much well, better. Um, did they diagnose it? Down. They diagnosed it. He has something called gray matter heterotopia. Um, they found a spot in his brain that shouldn't be there basically. Wow. So, it's not emotional. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we made the decision for just my own emotional <laughs> state. Um, I was a school teacher, and we made the decision for me to stay home. Mm-hmm. So That's understandable. We, yeah, we basically cut our income in half, but our expenses were the same. So we blew through our emergency fund, and pretty much all of the debt that we had paid off accrued again um so we're looking at we're we're gazelle (laughs) mindset but we don't know what our next step should be so we have a few stop have you adjusted your lifestyle now to be within his income or are you still going in the hole we're we've adjusted all the extra stuff out but just our mortgage um so you have to sell your house in order to stay home and be with your child Yes. 
When's it going up for sale? My husband. Should have gone up for sale the first day you came home from school. (laughs) Absolutely. My husband doesn't want to sell. I don't care. So. I don't care what your husband wants. You guys, you guys already made this choice. You made the right choice. We're going to stay home with the baby. The baby's sick. My heart is breaking and I have tears running down my face and I'm going to stay home with my baby. My baby is sick. We cut our income in half. You can't ignore the fact that you have to also cut your expenses in half simultaneously. And you didn't do that. Right. The first part you did was heroic. The second part you did was stupid. Mm -hmm. Sell your house. Okay. For your child. For your child. Sell your house. Right. You can't afford your house on your husband's income. Am I right? Yes. Okay. All right. The house is a um, it, it is a collateral damage to the situation with your child. And what you're declaring when you do this is that you spending time and being there for this sick baby is more important than the stupid house. Exactly. Because you cannot live in a fantasy mathematically. Right. You don't get a pass on math because you're a hero well, for a sick baby. You should be a hero right. for a sick baby. You're an amazing woman. He's an amazing guy. You got a hard, tough situation. I'm sorry you're facing this, but do not make it worse. Well, my concern is right now, um, our debt to income even if we sold our home, I'm, I guess to sell, to purchase another home, I mean, we would have a decent, we have a decent amount of equity. What, what, is, your, what, is, your, what is your house payment? Um, our house payment is a little over 1100 And what is his take-home pay? <clears throat> um, his base take-home a month is only 1800 but he makes commission on top of that, and it varies. Greatly. What does he make a month? Right now, um, his take home is eighteen hundred. He's not making anything above the eighteen hundred a month. Right now, he is. Um, last month, let me see. Um, last month, he brought home three thousand. You cannot so have. A, really you cannot have scary. an eleven hundred dollar house payment on three thousand dollar income, honey. Right. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Something has to change. And here's the thing. Something's going to change. You're either going to change it or somebody's going to change it for you called a foreclosure and a bankruptcy. Because you're driving a car straight at the wall mathematically, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you 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 are in denial about the fact that the math sucks with the fact that the baby being sick is sucks. Yes. And the math it causes the math to suck. And you can't you got to face the whole thing. It's your best way through this. Your best way to win long term is to face the whole thing. What's going to happen, okay. I can tell you. I'm, I'm, I'll just be a prophet. Are you ready? Five years from today, <laughs> the, five years from today, the seizures will be gone. He's going to be a normal little boy running around like crazy, and you're going to be back teaching, and this is all going to be in your rearview mirror. But it's going to be in your rearview mirror faster if you deal with the present full reality today. Okay. Crystal, you said earlier that the reason you came home 
from the classroom was for your emotional well-being. And yet all of this debt is causing just as much emotional stress. So you've got to implore your husband to understand that we made this decision for my emotional and mental well-being, and yet I'm not getting the benefits of that because of our finances. And this is a season. And you don't need to be thinking about a house. You sell the house and you rent. And this is a circle the wagons moment for your family where we circle the wagons and we defeat the enemy in front of us. And then you're going to get another house. Explore. You're going to get another house. You're not not going to get one on $3,000 a month. Yeah. Right. And you're not going to get one in this current situation. Whoop-de-doop-de. There's another house. I've been to Cleveland, Ohio. There's houses all over the place. You can get you another house. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're everywhere. Yeah. And so you'll get you another one. Yeah. This is this is a moment in time. This is what's known as the valley. Mm. You are in the right. valley, right? But the point of the valley yeah. is you don't stay there. You're not going to live your whole life in the valley. It doesn't turn. It doesn't work out that way. And right. so this is the thing you'll look back on and you'll tell, you know, you'll tell your little boy's kids someday. You know, when your kid, your daddy was one, he mm-hmm. about drove us nuts. We had to sell the house. Oh, you know, <laughs> you'll be that. You'll be that grandmother right. telling that story, right? That's what's going to happen. Crystal, I can't tell you how many times my mom and dad have talked about when I came into this world, they lived in this teenie, tiny, one-bedroom See, now apartment. there's a whole nother thing. <laughs> Over a pharmacy, yeah. But the point is, they talk about how hard Ken it was. Coleman, yeah. Well, imagine trying to parent me, for heaven's sakes. But, you know, this is a season, and I don't remember it, and your son's not going to remember it. And and, and, right. and this is a storm. This is a storm right now. And, and, it, and you, I, I got to tell you, it's not for your emotional well-being. You're being a good mom. <laughs> that's right. A good mom wants to be there with a one-year-old that's having seizures. That's just a good right. mom. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Thank you. And if, if you were that's my right. own kid, I would tell you to do exactly what you're doing, except for the part where you kept all the expenses. Right. So those got to go starting today. And then you'll come back okay. out of this, and you'll be able to add a house back, and you'll be able to. Now, the last thing of this is I want to ask you this. How available mm-hmm. with this medical situation are you to do tutoring in your own home? Um, we've talked about that even um, like, for this next upcoming school year. Yeah, like $40 an hour. Schedule. Yeah. Make a huge and difference t- if you can, if you have the bandwidth stuff. and it doesn't put your child in jeopardy. Right. But I'm not trying to have you quit work and turn and put you back to work. That wasn't what I was trying to do. But I am. But if there's some bandwidth while kiddo is sleeping or kiddo is manageable 99% of the time, but we're just here to watch him. Yeah and make sure he's not having an episode, right, then then you can do some $40 an hour uh, tutoring, and you can change this whole situation and maybe keep the house. Yeah, I I would tell you a very specific idea there, Dave, is online teaching, adult education, makes really good money, and the little guy's in sleep. She's got the monitor. You're in control of when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Online, Online tutoring, big time help. Yeah, check on all that. But, kiddo, make the adjustments on the outgo when you make the adjustments on the income. That's what I want you to do so you win in this. You call us anytime. We'll be honored to help you. Dave here. We just launched a brand new audience survey for The Ramsey Show, and we'd love your feedback. You could be entered to win a $500 Visa gift card. 
No purchase necessary. Take the survey at RamseySolutions.com slash survey. Hey, if you're a fan of this podcast, we've got more where that came from. Ever wondered how to win in business and leadership? I'm George Camel, host of the Entree Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear exceptional advice, origin stories, and practical strategies for success. These weekly conversations with America's brightest business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs will help you succeed in all areas of business and leadership. Listen to the Entree Leadership Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.